to the Hell of a Catholic podcast. I'm Father Josh Allen, the chaplain at Georgia Tech. This is Alex Carroll, focused missionary here at Tech. I'm Stephen Schleipak. I'm a fourth-year mechanical engineer at Tech. And Stephen is joining us for the first time on the podcast. Stephen, tell us something about yourself, major, where you're from, all that kind of good stuff. Like I said, I'm a fourth-year mechanical engineer. I'm from Petrie City, Georgia. went to uh, Holy Trinity Catholic Church down there. Um, I was cradle Catholic, raised in a Catholic family, but kind of had a reconversion at the end of my uh, freshman year of high school of, uh, of college. Oh, yeah. So, full disclosure, we actually had to try starting this podcast several times. And in the first attempt, we asked Stephen to tell us something about himself. And he said, hi, I'm Stephen. I added and that, that I was, was a mechanical it. engineer. And that and was, was it. Stephen, I'm a mechanical engineer. That's people, all I know. People know who I am. We made him go consult his resume, and uh, he came back with uh, his, uh, his story. parish and his conversion story. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That was probably a little too much information, Stephen, but that's fine. So Stephen asked us, uh, or we asked Stephen if he would like to be on a podcast, and I proposed a number of topics, and he was very interested in talking about the four last things. So, Stephen, tell me, why did that topic interest you? Um, I'd actually... Wait, wait, wait. wait. Right. What, what are the four last things before we even start talking about this? Because I didn't know before someone just told me like five minutes ago. W-X-Y-Z. That's all. The four last things are go. death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Great. Continue. Um, so, why did you want to talk about I this? was interested in these things because I'm offered to teach the RCIA class on them as well, but I don't really know exactly why they piqued my interest, but uh, I guess I just kind of saw the two aligned and thought I'd be able to kind so of... So your theory was, you have to teach a class on this, so you figured if you came and did a podcast, you wouldn't have to do any research. Maybe, yeah, I could go back and <laughs> instead of uh, teaching a class, just listen to the podcast and that'd be their lesson, I guess. Oh, that's where you went right <laughs> So... Uh, how would you, in in your desire to talk about this, how would you propose that we go through these four last things? Do you think we should try to cover them all at once, or just go one at a time and see what happens? What do you think? Um, I think it's probably a little bit better to break them up. Um, we might kind of cross back and forth as we go, but I yeah. think if we kind of take them maybe one or two at a time would be best. Um, I think death and judgment will go kind of hand in hand. Um because you have your particular judgment, you know, right at your death. Um, and then maybe kind of separate, uh, maybe a little bit separate would be hell and heaven after that. Okay, well, we can talk about death and judgment. Um, I think uh, I actually, this was, I wrote my dissertation, my or my whatever it is you call the thing that we do for uh, my license on St. Gregory the Great and his um, eschatology. So... Mm-hmm. Like, death, judgment, heaven, and hell, that was actually, the four last things was the third chapter in my dissertation. So, I'm not saying that I remember any of it. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, that's one of those things, you know, you sit down and you write the thing. I wrote it in three weeks, start to finish. Oh, how many chapters was it? Uh, three chapters, 200 pages. Yeah, three weeks. And, uh, (laughs) so I wrote the whole thing three weeks, start to finish. It's one of those things where you kind of don't remember anything. It's like I was going through my, I was going through my, uh, hard drive today, we're doing, by the time this gets posted, it's probably going to be the, it might, we may have been dead for a while and judged, but, uh, <laughs> tomorrow we have our Georgia Tech one day retreat, uh, and I'm preaching at it and I've been kind of writing all day trying to figure out what the heck I'm going to talk about. And as I was going through my hard drive, I have a talk that I have written 
actually a series of eight talks on the eight Beatitudes really? that I have noted that I've never actually given, hmm. and I cannot remember writing them. <laughs> and yet, I look at them, and it's definitely my style. <laughs> but I'm like, when did I write these? Oh, I have man. eight talks that I've noted at the top of them. You have never given this talk. Wow. So, I'm not giving it tomorrow either. I mean, I don't know, you know what's going on. Some sort of sleep but, writing condition where you... No, 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 but it's just, it's easy to forget. You get kind of get in a zone, you write something, and it's just uh, easy to forget yeah. what you say, you know? Very difficult So I mean, but it's, it's literally, it's like, uh, I mean, each one of the talks is 3,500 words or so, which is about a 20-minute talk. Sure. Uh, maybe 25-minute talk. And uh, there's eight of them. That's a lot of words. <laughs> you know? That's four hours of talk. You just sat on a rainy day and was like, I'm going to write about the Beatitudes. Yeah, was... Maybe. So, I, I, I honestly, I would tell you, maybe that was the situation, but I don't know. I might have... You're in maybe, a drunken stupor. It, that's, <laughs> it's possible, but I kind of doubt it. Well, you know, how um, would you remember? That's um, true. Anything's really possible. Yeah. So, so, you know a thing or two about the, the end times. Theoretically. On paper. Oh, on paper, I do. That's more than what I know. Um, all right. Well, let's talk... I, let's start with death. All right. Yeah? So, what do you want to talk about... What do you want to say about death, Stephen? What do you want to know? What do you have to? I think. We what can, do you have to offer us? I think Sage we can. Wisdom. We can all agree that the majority of us are going to die at some point. Mm. Apart from the second coming of Christ, yeah, we will suffer death. I'm sort of hoping to catch on that train. <laughs> the second coming, just kind of as I'm 80 years old, about to kind of pass away, Jesus just kind of comes and. Why would you think that would be better? I, I really don't know. It's probably actually worse, you know, because I have to go through the trial and tribulation that has to come before, right? That's right. Yeah, so maybe not. Maybe I want to die before that. Hmm. It's a weird conversation. Yeah, we're, we're all talking about the last things. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna get yeah, kind of morbid, isn't it? <laughs> I didn't really think about that. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I'm prepared for that. Yeah, I think we're all gonna die, Stephen. Yeah, all that's right. probably a good assumption. I think it's kind of interesting. We've talked about this before. Um, we've given several homilies on it that we have kind of this, not necessarily a fear of death, but definitely an, an uneasiness about it. Um, and that we're not always looking forwards to our death. Uh, I think most people have an all-out terror of death. Okay. I don't think it's like uneasiness. Okay. I think most people, it is all-out terror. They don't even want to think about it. Right. You, you start getting scared. It's like you start thinking about death. You start getting this feeling in your stomach. Mm. Like, this is not good. So what does this mean? That I could die and... I'm going to be judged. So there's that that kind of thing where people get scared mm. that they're going to be judged and you know they're not going to make it. Yeah, mm-hmm. make the it's cut. like uh, that story in Daniel, right? You've been weighed in the scales and been found wanting. <laughs> right? These are not words you want to hear. <laughs> and then you've got uh, then you've got people who don't really know what happens after you die. They're not really sure what. Uh, What's going to happen to them? It's an equally scary thought, right? Because if you equally don't know, scary thought. you're probably if if it turns out there is a judgment, you're probably going to come out on the wrong side of that one. And then you got people who are convinced that nothing happens after you die; that you just decompose. Would those people be more afraid or less afraid? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I think I feel like they'd be equally afraid because I like think everything's you, over for them. I right? think if you don't believe anything comes after death, at some point in your life, you are going to have a crisis. It makes you wonder why you're doing anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to try to do everything. Or you're going to try to do everything. But, I mean, I think that follows the crisis. Sure, sure, sure. Right? Yeah. And then there's responses to the crisis. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but I, I think that crisis happens at some point where people are like, wait a minute. So what's the motivation for anything? 
Um, and then any number of possibilities then follow after that. Yeah, including right? suicide. Including suicide. You could go to Playboy, right? And I don't mean the magazine. I mean you just kind yeah. of do it whatever it is that yeah. you want to do. Sure. Uh, you can go all the way to suicide. You could become a tyrant. Mm-hmm. Say to yourself, well, none of this actually matters. Why don't I just grab as much power as I can yeah. here on the face of the earth? And there's people who have done that in history, right? Probably people who are trying to do it now. I don't know. Mm. Um, but not being, not being aware or being afraid to confront death for what it is and the limited nature of life. That is, I mean, you could open up a number of uh, documents that have been written by popes and whatnot, but uh, that's like the fundamental base-level problem yeah. that everybody has. What I think is particularly interesting is, as Christians, we know that we're probably going to die, and we also know... I want to stop you and talk about right. this problem okay, okay. you're making. Okay, so... What do you mean by we're probably going to die? We don't know when the second coming of Christ is, and should that come tomorrow, I'm not going to suffer death. For the sake of this podcast, we'll just say, okay, I'm going to die at some point. Um, and so if I know I'm going to die as a Christian, I hope in the resurrection... And I know that I'm made for a life after this temporary life on earth, but yet I'm still afraid and not looking forward to dying. And it seems almost counterintuitive, I guess is not the right word, but it's, it's contradictory. kind of a, it yeah. is contradictory. Yeah. In that you, you know that your whole life you're hoping for something greater than this life, but then when you come to the point when you're supposed to move on from this towards something greater, why is that scary or intimidating? I think the other... There's another kind of... Uh, to, to add to that, I think part of the problem with why death is so scary or why that even the idea of eternal life is so scary is it's very difficult for us to understand anything that's not, like, right in front of our face. Yeah. You know, even when you start thinking about, like, just think about this question. Where do you? Where are you going to be in thirty? Let's assume you're not dead. Where are you going to be in thirty years? I mean, you have no idea, right? I think most reasonable people, if you have, if you're willing to at least accept the fact that you know, God does surprising things. There is no telling where you're going to be in thirty years. I know one thing, one thing only, that if I'm still alive in thirty years, the only thing that I know is it. As long as I stay faithful, I'll still be a priest. It's good news. But other yeah. than that, I mean, other than that, like, what do you know? Nothing. It's like a married person could say, as long as I stay faithful, and as long as my wife stays faithful, my husband, whatever, yeah. stays faithful, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know I'll still be married. Right? But, like, that's it. Yeah. What, what else do you know? So, take that problem, <laughs> which is actually kind of nerve-wracking, mm-hmm. And then multiply it by infinity, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, you, you kind of get to a point where it's like, this. it's, it's hard to think about. You can't even, like, it, it hurts your brain to even try to think, what is this going to be like? So it's just a fear of the unknown, yeah, more than anything? Well, I think a lot of people, a lot of people experience that, right? Is that, that's natural, though. There's nothing wrong with that sort of fear, is there? Uh, I don't know if there's anything right about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But I, I'm not sure there's anything wrong about it either. Maybe it's just... It, it seems like human nature. 
Like uh, I, I agree with you. Of things like, that human nature has fallen. I don't, and yeah. I would have to think okay. about whether that kind of fear is a product of fallen human nature. And if it is, then we, while we could say it's natural, we wouldn't necessarily say it's good. Okay. Mm. Right. So what should our our uh, disposition towards death be? Well, we talked about this a little bit in one I think it episode. depends on whether you're in a state of grace or not. Mm. Um, that kind of... We'll talk about that later, I guess. But um, if you're consistently and constantly, you know, good about staying in the state of grace, then in theory you shouldn't have much fear of dying. In, in theory. In theory. Not saying that you won't, but <laughs> in theory. There's no good reason I guess you could say yeah. um, but if you're constantly struggling with mortal sin um, then it could definitely be something to be I guess conscious of and kind of be a grounds for being nervous about yeah. death well I mean even the way you said that um, constantly struggling with mortal sin Okay. even that is like another level up from the person who's constantly in mortal Everyone sin who's not know. struggling with it yeah. Yeah. right right <laughs> Um, we do, I mean, you know, this kind of gets into the realm of how we believe God is merciful. I mean, we affirm this, the statement the church has made without any question that um, one, a person having committed a single mortal sin, right? One single mortal sin that merits eternity in hell. Mm-hmm. We've, That's unconfessed. Right? right, exactly. Right, and then confession then reverses right. that merit, right? By grace. So... I mean, there's a whole different level when you have somebody who's committing a sin that we consider to be serious is really working on it mm-hmm. and is not done with it yet. Yeah, right. um, it's questionable whether it's mortal because of freedom. Mm-hmm. It's, but even if it is mortal, um, the person working on it, we feel like that, that's got to have some sort of effect. Again, I understand what the church teaches, and I would never tell anybody not to worry about moral sin, but right. it's like... Yeah. At some point, you know, people develop habits mm-hmm. that while you may, in a heroic circumstance, have enough freedom to overcome it, um, most people need a little time yeah. for, some, for some types of sins. Other mm-hmm. types, um, you know, never form any sort of habit at all. It's just something bad. But, um, but let me go back to something else you said, okay. though, right? Because okay. you said, so if you're in a state of grace. So let's assume for a second all right. that Stephen is in a state of grace at this moment. And by state of grace, we mean... Having not committed any mortal sins since his last confession? Yes. Yeah? Yes. So let's assume that. Let's further assume, for a second, that Stephen has committed no venial sins since his last confession. Fat chance. Okay, I know, I know. We're making a big assumption. (laughs) We are. Those who know Stephen. (laughs) Right? Um, I still say, if death could be put in front of you in a very concrete way, not in just this theoretical conversation. I still say, if you gave me a hundred Stevens, like ninety nine of them would be very disconcerted. Mm. What I do you think so. about that? If there's that one, the one saintly Stephen, <laughs> who, uh, who is perhaps um, worked to have complete detachment from this world, then he might not be so afraid. But that's, I feel, a very, very significant step in the spiritual life to to kind of move away from attachment to worldly yeah. things and to truly desire to move heaven. towards heaven. Yeah. Well, so you're talking about a, a different level then than just avoiding sin. Oh, right, right. Yeah. 
So you haven't committed any. You haven't committed any sins. But well, I mean, I do, and this is no, no, no. I, I know that. I know that. Right. But mm-hmm. so what you're saying is there's another another level, right? Right. So though you may not have committed any sins, you still may not have that that desire for heaven that takes away fear, mm-hmm. right? Because then death presents itself as just the passage to what I desire, right? Yeah. So if that's the case, how about this? Is death... Well, first of all, can we, uh, can we define death briefly? Let's try to define it. <laughs> we were just um, talking about the fact that a good portion <laughs> of our podcasts are nothing but me asking two people to define something. And taking thirty minutes for them to do it. Uh, well, but that's taking, not going to happen. Taking less than thirty minutes for us to define it. Taking thirty minutes for you to critique our definitions of, of us <laughs> finding it. And getting you to a real definition. Yeah. Well, you could have just told us it in the first place. Yeah, but that that's not fun <laughs> or helpful. Not actually. fun for you. <laughs> All right. Uh, define death, Stephen Cash. I don't, I don't know. Even know. Um, so, death is when. I haven't thought about this. This might not be good. But death is, I guess, the point when your life on this earth ends and your everlasting soul is separated from your mortal body. I think that is a perfect definition. Wow, first time. Perfect. First time on the podcast? That doesn't even get criticized. No question. That is the first time I think anybody's ever given a definition that he I don't have to sit here and squirm for like ten more minutes and <laughs> get in an argument. Oh, or don't, worry. Uh, don't worry, don't mm. worry. Um, wait till I make him define purgatory. Right, that'll be great. So that'll separation be great. of your soul from your mortal body at the end of your natural life is that? Yeah, earthly mm-hmm. life. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Good job, right? Stephen. Separation of the soul and the body. Mm-hmm. Okay, is death an evil? Ooh. Is it uh, the lack of a good? I guess it's Stephen. Anybody. I think that has to be an evil because it entered after the fall, right? So did it's a consequence the incarnation. Of, right, it's a consequence of original sin, though, was death. Okay. So generally, consequences of sin are not good things. Generally. Can you name one that is good? Oh, it depends on what you mean by consequence. Okay, let's not get into this. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think death's a bad thing. Yes, originally. Maybe now there's some like redemptive sort of facet towards it. Uh, that it is sort of like us sort of like making that transition to heaven, hopefully. Um, but I think, I don't know if you can say death is a good thing. Okay. I think I might say it is a good thing. Dang it, Steve. Mm. You're going to get more points for that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I would say that it is the means by which we move towards full and eternal communion with the beatific vision. Mm. And so moving closer towards that would be a good thing. So I think... But that's not death. You're not talking about death as a good thing. You're saying moving towards heaven is a good thing. Right, but if that's like the stepping stone along the way. Are you going to be in the presence of like the the full understanding of the Trinity while you're here on earth? No. I would have before original sin. Well... Uh, No, you wouldn't have. Okay, well, I would have understood the God the Father before the Trinity. That's true, but I mean, Adam, I was and, Eve, Adam and Eve weren't in the in the did not have the beatific vision. But they were in full communion with God. They were in, in full paradise. communion with God according to their possibilities. Okay, right. Well, okay. Well, just give us your answer yeah. before we continue to 
spiral down this path. No, but this is fun, though. This is, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, like, the listeners. Asking the questions <laughs> is a lot more fun than answering. Yeah, just who's right, me or Steven? Just tell me. <laughs> well, what if you're, maybe you're both right. That's not true. Mm. That's possible. I'm trying to be affirming, Alex. All right. Before you turn me down and say death is a good thing. Okay, well, why would death be an evil thing? Uh, God is the... Define, can you define an evil? Uh, anything that is contrary to, to that which is God. Anything that's contrary to good. The lack of a good. Yeah. The lack of any good? Well, a good, good that should be there. Create. A good that should be there, right? So a book is not evil mm. because it lacks uh, mayonnaise. Goodness. Right, <laughs> right, because mayonnaise doesn't belong in a book. Right, right. So uh, you might argue mayonnaise is not a given first place, but whatever. Gives me gas. So, so uh, the lack of a good that should be there. So if we're going to use that definition, that's got to be a bad thing. Okay, then how? What's the good? Life. But is life lacking? Uh. It is when you die. I believe you're entering into eternal life. Not, not when you're dead. Yes, There's, you are. You're inter- you've just your soul is just entered into eternal life. But you're ending another life for that. There has to be some ending sort of what life. I mean, you continue. Your life. You're still Alex after the death you die. of your body. The death of a created thing. Okay, I'm just I'm trying to get you to be precise. Yeah. What's like the that. good that's lacking? Is the answer that there isn't one? No, no, no. There is a good that's lacking. Oh, good. So I'm right. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to still count that as a right. That's lacking in death or yeah. in life? or When someone dies, what's the good that goes away that was there life. before? The relationship. It's not life. Not, no? Life doesn't go away. I mean, okay, you're still oh, right, alive, right. right? In fact, somewhat are you oh, more the, alive. The, I don't know, maybe not. The ability to, okay, no. Love of that person. Love? Really? Yeah, well, like, you die, and, like, your family members die, and, like, you, know, you feel that loss of connection. There's a loss there. But does something the that is go good. Away? No, but there's something that is good that is disappearing, right? Okay, what? Uh, I don't know how to put it into words. Am I on the right track, though? No. Okay, well, then I'm not even going to go <laughs> Because that. if you die, and nobody ever knew you on the face of the earth, right, there's still... Yeah. If, if we're going to say that death is an evil... That it's not based okay. on someone's knowledge, right? Is it, the, is it the loss of the soul being united with the body? The union. hey Oh, there it is. Boom! Of the soul it. and the body. <laughs> That's right? the first one I've ever gotten right <laughs> on the podcast. There's, yeah, but it took you a while. So yeah, it's okay. Well, glad I was here for it. Thanks, Stephen. So the union of soul and body, that is lost in death. So if we understand evil as the law, as the lack of a good that should be there, then the only thing we have to establish after that is, is that union supposed to be there? Should it be there? Yeah. Yes. We were created body and spirit. We were created, yeah. So then, even your existence in heaven, by that definition, mm-hmm. is evil. Uh, what of the resurrection, though? What about it? You re- so you your existence, with your existence in heaven is evil until the resurrection. Uh, maybe evil is a bad word, but like not perfect. Ooh. It's tricky. Big silent pause here. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I think I don't I'm know. stuck. I'm gonna stick with not perfect. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that being in heaven is not evil. 
I think that's a. I think we can affirm that. Right. <laughs> right. I think. I think it's possible for us to. Have, we, it's this is not the Heaven podcast, but We're right. I think we can affirm at this point, at least, and we'll we'll. We are prepared to be corrected <laughs> as we go forward, but I think we're prepared to affirm that heaven is good. <laughs> this is where TJ right? would I interject. Agree. I think we're good. Yeah, TJ <laughs> would interject. He would say something. Well, crazy. let's make a distinction, <laughs> right? Um, okay, let's leave that aside for a second, recognizing that we have an unresolved problem. Sure. Okay, right. let's leave that aside and let's go to your earlier point where you said you thought death might be a good. Why is that? Because, um, I guess that kind of comes from that our earthly lives would be an evil in the sense that we're lacking the good that is full, I guess you say, communion with the Trinity. And so since that's lacking on earth, after our death, um, should we move towards heaven, mm-hmm. then we would acquire that good and then be complete. Um, and so then death would be good because we're, I guess, kind of moving along that path, you could say. I would like to sure point out that Father Josh has a, not. has a fancy book in front of him that is, the chapter is titled Death as a Good. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I feel like I was posed a trick question. Well, I do have this little book, um, and it is called Death as a Good. It's actually a larger book written by St. Ambrose. Mm, heard um, of The teacher of St. Augustine and converter of St. Augustine, if you will, at least the final guy. Um, I'd say his mother's his converter. Well, you you could say that, but, yeah. you know, That'd be right. really listening to St. Ambrose preach is kind of what did it. Or her so, prayers. Well, her prayers were yeah. helpful. Oh, so not prayers, just a helpful thing. This is not, not a necessary. podcast on prayer. No, 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 let's go down this road. Oh, my. Down the rabbit Continue hole. with your trick question. Okay, so let me read you a paragraph from this essay, or this chapter of this book called Death is a Good. But there are three kinds of death. One is death due to sin, concerning which it was written, the soul which sins shall itself die. Another death is the mystical, when someone dies to sin and lives to God. Concerning this one, the apostle says, for we were buried with him by means of baptism into death. The third is the death by which we complete our lifespan with its functions, I mean the separation of soul and body. So, do you understand, do you agree with his three kind of definitions of death? Uh, the one about sin kind of trips me up a little the bit. The first one, the soul which sin shall die. So now he's talking about the sin, the soul that commits a mortal sin right. dies. Some of the second one. If you turn away from sin, is that really a death? That's baptism, right? So I die uh, to sin oh, in baptism, oh. right? And I thought I'm we were talking about like a repentance. And I'm reborn in Christ. Okay, well, like I said, yeah, sure. I'll agree with that. Right, but we actually do say that, right? Mm-hmm. We actually yeah. do say that baptism is death. So is yep. that well, death? a good thing. That death. Is that death evil? I feel like we're just classifying yeah. it as death, though. Like, is there really a death happening? Well, so now you're saying, okay, we're, just, we're using the same word, but we mean it in different ways. Kind of. Okay, well... Maybe our definition of death as the separation of soul and body mm-hmm. was not an accurate definition. Okay. What is it? I, I'm not saying that. St. Ambrose the case. doesn't have one? Oh, okay. Continue. I'm sorry. You, you're so frustrated. <laughs> I'm not. I just really want to know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know how this works. I don't actually ever give the answer. Um, <laughs> and the third death is the one by which we complete our lifespan with its functions. That one I agree right? with. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Ambrose says, I'm going to save you having to read this whole thing to you. Thank you. But Ambrose says that the first death is evil, right? The one by which we our soul dies, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Although, listen, we do not say that our soul dies. Yeah. When someone commits a mortal sin, we say charity dies in the soul. Mm-hmm. Right. But Ambrose is just speaking in a different way, right? That's so true. the soul dies. Okay. Yeah. He says that death is evil, but the death in baptism and the death in the actual end of life, that those are not evil. I guess that's fair. But we aren't really talking about those kind of deaths. We were just talking about natural death. Okay, so he's so, saying that natural but death. But the third one, he's saying the third, the third one, one we good. were talking about, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Right. He's saying the one we were talking about is good. Is a good. Does he say why? Uh, he makes a it's it's a long argument, um, but ultimately it does come down to one thing. But I think we can we can arrive at that. Is the one thing eternal unity in heaven, or our death in light of the resurrection? Well, I think your that? objection to that was can't you call something good or bad in itself? Uh, yeah, kind of. I don't think right? I said that. Yeah, sure. That's what I arrived at. So if I were to say, like, if I was going to put on my Thomas Aquinas hat, which I do not have a Thomas Aquinas hat. But TJ be, has one. <laughs> that actually would be a great hat to have, like, with a little plush of Thomas Aquinas on the top, you know? Christmas is coming up. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. So for all of you, all three of you that are listening, you remember a Thomas Aquinas <laughs> hat. I have an eight-inch head. It's, there's a lot in there. It's a huge head. Um, so... Uh, if I could put on my hat with Thomas Aquinas, he says that everything has these causes, right? He's got okay. these four major causes um, for every single thing that happens. And if something's evil, then we can say that we can say that it's lacking a good. We can also say that one of its causes is deficient, right? Okay. One of its causes is deficient. So what would be so the deficient cause of death? The deficient cause of death. That's the question. Deficient. So, so something that is lacking. Something that's and lacking. Something that's already working or is proper. Yeah. And if we were going to do that without, like, what if we tried to do that without saying death is just the separation of the soul and the body? Uh, would it be like our our healthy bodies like deteriorating and dying, like deficient in life? Well, okay, that brings up another point, right? Great. Deterioration <laughs> of the body. Is yep. that evil? Yeah, yeah, because it's leading you to death. There's so it's death only it's only evil because it's leading you to death. Uh, also, because it's like, well, hmm, I don't know. Because isn't it sort of isn't a deterioration of the body like a cause of the separation of the soul from the body, which we've defined as evil? Uh, it, I mean, I don't think deterioration is at some point something kind of monumental happens. Yeah, because right? of the deteriorating body. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. But that thing is the thing that causes death. Yeah, but it's just leading up to it. So, so like the deterioration know. of the body is like the deterioration of something that was created by God and the thing that was created by God is good and so the, t- deter- the deterioration of that good created by God and like its destruction would be an evil. The deterioration that's created by God? It's like the good is like your body. Your body created by God is a good. 
Um, and so then kind of the deterioration or the destruction of that body would be an evil. Because Which is like, in, in, in terms of Adam and Eve language, the lack of integrity of the body, right? Yeah. Adam and Eve had integrity of mm. their body, yeah. which meant it was whole, yeah. right? And so one of the things lost in original sin is bodily integrity. Mm. Okay, so that lack of integrity, now, do you think that's something positively done by God, or do you think he's just withdrawn something? Uh, aren't all of the effects of the false man that's been taken away? Isn't yeah, really but taking away been... integrity... Um, I mean, Cause it's the fullness still of the life a principle here. that has to be put there by God in the first place. Yeah, so I guess it, well, then, so, then really the loss of anything isn't taking away, right? That would be my answer. So, yeah, I guess it's taking away then. If they had integrity given by God and that integrity is going away, then that's... In Adam and Eve's case, they did. Yeah. But you never had integrity to start with. Oh, okay. Well, in, in so many ways. Sure. <laughs> Both, you know, bodily integrity <laughs> and moral integrity. Personal integrity, right? Appreciate that. No problem. Uh, but yeah, so the integrity is taken away um, for Adam for Adam and Eve. But for you, you never had it. So or or or, or, or immortality, right? Immortality sure. was taken away for you. You never had immortality, mm-hmm. earthly immortality, right? Still so would we still call the fact that you're going to die an evil? Yeah, because it's an effect of original sin, which is an evil. Original sin's an evil, but are all the effects of it evil? Yep. Yeah. Is pain evil? Yeah. Why? Uh, because it is uh, something that is supposed to be good that is that is lacking of the good. Well, if it's evil, you should always avoid it, right? Yeah, fine. I know where you're going with this. I don't like it. <laughs> Would you agree with that? Yeah, I know. And then you should gonna... always avoid evil. In fact, if we follow Ignatius, we say you should prefer to die than to engage even in a small, a minuscule evil. Is there some sort of gray area that I don't know about that's that's in between these two things? Well, I'm because I'd I'm like to choose that one. In, <laughs> in the end, I think we got to look at death, and we got to say it might not be evil. Here's the thing. Are you allowed to do something evil in order to accomplish something good? No. 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 Can someone force you to do something? Yeah. Can someone force Jesus Christ to do something? I mean, yeah, they crucified him. So, yeah. But he did that. He, said, he gave himself free. Yeah, okay, he okay, said, okay. no one. Okay, sorry. Right? Take it back. Scratch on the record. Right? So... That means that Jesus Christ freely chose death. Which so a good thing. So we're either saying that Jesus chose something evil. Lest the world falls apart and we all get crushed, or lest we lose all of our faith. Like, are we prepared to affirm that Jesus Christ chose an evil? Does it count as a death? If he knew about his resurrection. <laughs> I feel like it's not really the same thing. Well, now you're starting to sound like Ambrose. Am I? It's just a step just, towards resurrection. Mm-hmm. It's a different death. But compared to worse things. The thing <laughs> is, like, you can definitely say in Adam and Eve, right, the lack of that good, which had been there before, right, a good that should be there, right? Mm. 
the lack of that good is definitely an evil. But in your case, it's a little more complicated. Mm-hmm. Because you can, while you can say that it should be there, it was never there. Yeah. It was never going to be there. Sure. So now you're talking about a theoretical good that ought to be there, that you're saying ought to be there. Okay. Right? It's interesting. Ambrose, he ends up saying that, he ends up making this kind of argument that death is a good for an instrumental reason. It's, it's what he, he doesn't call it this, but it's what we would call an instrumental good. Okay. So it's good only because it it's an instrument good. that leads to something else. Gotcha. Um, and that in and of itself, he would actually say it's morally neutral. Hmm. It's just another thing. Man, I should have known that. That just sounds like the Catholic answer to that question. <laughs> Neutral. Just another thing. Of course. But now the thing is, though, if we look at it under like the interpretation of Thomistic theology or whatever, there's no question we can say that it's an evil. Oh. Where's your book with where's your book? It's a big pile of contradictions, though, right? Because then we run into this problem of saying that Jesus Christ freely chose evil. evil. Uh, can God die though? You know, are we saying that if God he can't die? I mean, then we're screwed. His humanity right? died, but like his yeah, divinity I mean, didn't die. But Jesus Christ, I'm saying Jesus Christ. I'm not yeah. saying the Son of God chose death. Yeah. I'm saying Jesus Christ chose death. I just really want to agree with Thomas on this one because <laughs> he agrees with me. The thing it's is, all very conflicting. Like, but the so, thing is, I just want you to think about it from... I mean, I understand. It's complicated, yep. right? It's complicated. There's a lot of different positions. If there's death. anything we've proven, we've proven that's <laughs> complicated. There's a lot of different positions on death. But I think something that's interesting to consider is the sort of neutral position of saying that death is just something else that happens. It's not necessarily an evil, Right? It's yeah. not necessarily an evil. It's instrumental, right? It's designed, at least now, yeah. right? Because the other thing we could say is anything Christ underwent, anything Christ underwent holy. becomes holy, yeah. right? So we talk about oh. things like a happy death, a holy death, right? How can something that's evil be holy? So how is it that kind of in application... How is it that when we suffer the loss of a loved one, we can truly trust in the fact that this is just another thing that happens? Like, that's very difficult to do because you've, you've come to love someone so much that the separation that you experience after death is very difficult. Okay, but I mean, so is the separation evil? Is it the lack of something that ought to be there? No. Really? So strong love between two people is no longer there. Guess, yeah. 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 The, that separation, I would say, is evil, right? So you suffer the evil of death in a certain way, right? It's not like, it's not like you're not suffering the death in itself. Mm-hmm. You're suffering the separation, mm-hmm. right? Separate, being separate from someone who you love, right? Mm-hmm. That's not supposed to happen. Can evils be brought about by a good? Oh, sure. Okay. Right? Why, why wouldn't that be the case? I don't know. It just it sounds weird to say it, I guess. That the good of death can bring about an evil of loss. 
I'm not saying so. Ambrose says death is a good instrumental mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I'm not saying that death is good. Or okay. Evil. So the neutrality of death can bring. But about a neutral the thing evil. can bring anything, right? I yeah. mean, so like all kinds of goods can bring about unintentional evils. Okay. But that evil isn't really on the action. It's of like you've death. heard the no good deed goes unpunished, right? Mm-hmm. So sure. you you do something nice for someone and it mm-hmm. backfires and causes yeah, yeah. a horrendous thing to happen, right? So it's not the it's not the neutrality or the goodness or the badness of death that causes the loss. It's really something within ourself that causes that suffering about this event that doesn't really matter what it is. I think that's that when we say when we when we talk about death as an evil. I mean, from a practical standpoint, when we talk about it, what we're talking about is we talk about the suffering that we witnessed mm-hmm. if that happened, and then the experience of the loss. I mean, soul. not many people are wearing black mourning the separation of body and soul, right? In fact, if we think about that, we're either filled with fear for the person's soul because mm-hmm. we're pretty sure yeah. they're in trouble, or we're kind of filled with this hope because we're like, you know what? You, you hear people say this. They're in a better place, yeah. right? So, you're, so it's the actual evil of the death itself, we say to ourselves, okay, no, 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 no. The soul is okay. Mm-hmm. The suffering's done. We're now suffering yeah. because of this loss. But nobody's worried about the soul, unless you're concerned that they're in you know, purgatory or hell. Yeah. But let's assume the person's a saint. We were talking yeah. about mm-hmm. Stephen, who's in a state of grace. He's a saint. Okay, so nice. we're not worried about the soul, right? What we, what we end up talking about when we talk about the evil of death is we talk about ourselves. our separation. How we experience, so selfish. we talk about the or, or or the suffering that you went mm-hmm. underwent, right? Mm-hmm. That's the stuff we talk about. Nobody laments that the soul and the body are separate, hmm. right? So while it's you can say that that event itself is an evil because it's the lack of a good, yeah, you're not really saying much, mm-hmm. right? Because the experience of death, the thing that we fear, the thing that drives us, the thing that makes us make choices isn't the actual separation of the soul and the body. It's all the stuff that comes with it. Yeah. And it's all really about the one who isn't dying, right? The, yeah, the, I mean, the yeah, people that comes around yeah, yeah. from death right? is about the Listen, people who are The dead person alive. is not mourning at their funeral. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I hope not. They're either suffering or they're rejoicing. But they're not mourning. There's one thing that they're not doing. Right? Yeah. Good enough for me. All right, well... Uh, if we've sufficiently confused you, uh, <laughs> this is the Hell of a Catholic podcast. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, uh, email us at podcast at gtcatholic.org. I think TJ still checks that, so TJ, check the email. <laughs> and uh, God bless.